global value investing through a different lens. Antipodes searches the world for great companies trading at attractive valuations. Welcome to another episode of Good Value by Antipodes, a global fund manager with offices in Sydney and London. On Good Value, hear discussions about Antipodes' best investment ideas and perspectives on industry and macroeconomic trends. There's a huge difference in what the market is prepared to pay for Tesla relative to a VW or a GM or a Daimler. Question is what you want to pay today for success in businesses which don't yet exist. It's hard to see how VW doesn't represent a great opportunity. Please remember this content is general information only. It is not advice of any kind and doesn't take into account your personal financial situation, objectives or needs. You should seek professional advice before making any financial decisions. It's Alison Savis with you once again. Today we welcome a member of our London-based investment team to the podcast. Andy Gibson, Senior Investment Analyst and member of Antipodes Hardware, Industrials and Commodities team. Welcome, Andy. Thanks, Alison. It's nice to be with you, albeit remotely from London. I'm pretty excited to be talking to you today, Andy, because we're discussing one of the most talked about investment themes, and that's electric vehicles. And I know this is a sector you've been covering for more than a decade now. Yeah, I've covered the auto sector since 2009 when electric vehicles were little more than a curiosity for most industry observers. So I've been lucky enough to have a great seat from which to observe the beginning of the biggest transition in the history of the industry. Okay, let's get straight into it. Why are we so enthusiastic about electric vehicles? Because it's undoubtedly a major structural growth story. Global EV sales are estimated to grow to around 30% of global vehicle sales by 2030 from something under 3% a day. So you're talking about EVs taking a tenfold higher share in a market which is itself growing. Now, the range of forecasts is very wide, but the growth is also very clear. And th there are multiple drivers of that growth. Clearly, environmental awareness and elective consumer choices are a key one. And those consumer choices in the near term are being nudged by government subsidies, which are helping to accelerate adoption. But in the next few years, it's going to be raw economics which drive demand. For consumers, EVs will offer a lower total cost of ownership, despite their higher upfront purchase price, even without subsidies. And for those car makers with the right strategy, they will deliver higher margins once they're producing at scale. So we see both push and pull factors for adoption, which is a, a really nice combination. I, I should probably highlight that in this discussion, when we're talking about EVs, we're talking about fully electric vehicles only, not hybrids or other cars with both an electric motor and a combustion engine. So mention electric vehicles today, and I think it's fair to say that most people are going to think of Tesla. It's the most well-known EV brand. But when it comes to market dominance, there's a real battle underway, uh, Andy. And is it fair to say that the German giant Volkswagen is you know, really beginning to flex its muscles? Yeah, so Tesla launched their first EV in 2008. And since that date, they've largely had the market to themselves and they've built a formidable brand. But the times are changing. And over the next few years, the industry dynamics will look very different. Competition is coming from almost every other global automaker who may have been slower to market, but they're about to show that they weren't asleep at the wheel. And at the forefront of the ambitious launch schedules from the other automakers is Volkswagen, who have more than 70 EV launches planned over the next decade. 
So the EV landscape is becoming much more competitive. And that competition is coming from companies that have very long histories of producing and selling great cars. So any first mover advantage Tesla had has arguably vanished. And Andy, it's probably worth reminding our listeners that the VW Group is more than just the Volkswagen mark. Yes. So the VW brand is the group's main mass market offering, but they have a product lineup which covers everything from affordable quality via Skoda all the way up to super premium in Lamborghini and then premium marks like Audi and Porsche in between. And as you know, Alison, the, the premium segment is by far the more profitable part of the market. VW today makes more than two thirds of its automotive profit from its premium brands. So whilst it's easy to think of VW's many brands adding only complexity, it's this multi-brand portfolio that allows effective customer and pricing segmentation, as well as the ability to continue a relationship with a customer as their income or what they need from a vehicle changes through their life. Okay, Volkswagen. Full disclosure, VW is a top 10 holding in our portfolio. Now, in terms of launches, as you mentioned, Volkswagen looks like it's materially ahead of its peers when it comes to electrification. Take us through what pushed Volkswagen to act. The position they find themselves in today is one born out of an entirely self-inflicted crisis, namely the diesel emissions scandal in 2015 or Dieselgate as it's, as it's known, when VW was found to have been using software to cheat emissions tests. And it's not hyperbole to describe this as an existential crisis. They incurred massive fines, faced numerous lawsuits, were forced to recall and replace effective, effective vehicles, and the brand image was very heavily tarnished. And whilst it was largely a company phenomenon, it also focused attention on the industry's dirty little secret, which was that real world emissions for most vehicles were higher than they were on the testbed, even without manipulation software. So whilst this was widely known, politicians and regulators had largely chosen to turn a blind eye, arguably not wanting to destabilize a sector which is big for both employment and output. So Dieselgate was a seismic event, and after some soul searching, VW responded by aggressively committing to full electrification, seeing it as the most effective and efficient way to clean up their lineup, and with it, try to restore their reputation. So VW's EV offensive was and is more aggressive than any other automaker. Arguably, it had to be to restore faith in the company, but their position today is a direct result of those somewhat forced post-crisis decisions. So given all of that, Andy, can you quantify the lead that you think Volkswagen has over its incumbent peers and perhaps also take us through how Volkswagen stacks up against the perceived industry giant Tesla? Yeah, let's put some numbers around it. Last year, Volkswagen sold around 230,000 electric vehicles. That should more than double this year to over 600,000. Uh, Tesla this year should sell around 800,000 EVs. Next year, we think both Tesla and VW will sell around a million EV EVs each. Then in the years beyond, VW will outsell Tesla. And then if we look out to 2025, which is when EVs will really take off, VW should be selling more than 2 million EVs or around 20% of their total volumes. But I think more significantly, VW could have over 20% of the global EV market with the number one position in both Europe and China, which are expected to be the two fastest growing electric vehicle markets. Uh, that market share point is critical 
VW today is already one of the world's largest car makers, roughly on a par with Toyota, with a little over 10% of the global market. As the world transitions to EVs, they have the opportunity and scale to significantly increase market share. The EV transition is often presented exclusively as a threat to the traditional automakers, and it is in part, but it also holds significant opportunity for those who have the right strategy. And automotive is an industry where scale often dictates economics, and even more so with EVs. And this is an advantage that VW has over almost every other automaker. VW's brand portfolio is also a key strength. As we talked about earlier, it allows differentiation in both pricing and content to allow them to achieve acceptable margins. So in, in short, VW has a dominant position in an attractive market. Those stats that you quoted earlier are actually, you know, they're actually really interesting. And with Tesla dominating the headlines and continuing to be such a hugely popular stock amongst retail investors, the fact that Volkswagen could be the largest producer of EVs in the coming years really does fly under the radar. So I guess the important question is, can VW make money from EVs, given the level of investment required, you know, and the cost of batteries? So we first started buying Volkswagen about a year ago, as the detailed work we were doing on the sector showed that VW's market share and profitability profile in EVs was grossly mispriced relative to the company's own multiple and the multiples that pure play EV companies were commanding. But you're asking exactly the right question, which is what is VW's margin entitlement as the world transitions to electric vehicles? And without wanting to jump straight to the conclusion, we think it's higher than in an internal combustion engine world once they hit scale. And the simple reason for this is the all-in approach they've taken, which is to standardize the EV offering around two scalable platforms, one for the mass market, one for premium cars, each of which will have cost tens of billions of euros to develop. And there is increasing evidence that these platforms will deliver best-in-class economics. Now, given those upfront costs, it's easy to understand why other legacy automakers have taken a more gradualist approach to EVs without the platform investment, particularly four or five years ago when it was hard to confidently assess consumers' appetite for electric vehicles. What, what looked like a somewhat high-risk bet at that time is now paying off for VW. Andy, can we, can we go back to that, that point on scale which you touched on earlier? How important is scale for Volkswagen or any automaker to achieve decent margins on EVs? Any manufacturing process that has a high fixed cost base is to some extent a game of scale. The more widgets you can produce from a given amount of fixed investment, the higher returns on that investment will be. And as I mentioned, VW is the world's largest automaker, and that strong presence in the premium segment gives them pricing power to offset the increased cost of EV components. And it's not only VW's own volumes which they're able to spread the cost over. Other automakers who don't have their own platform could also use VW's highly capable and cost-efficient one. This is already happening with Ford, who are using VW's platform for their European EV rollout in the next few years. And new market entrants like tech companies could also add volume and thereby spread cost. So what VW have developed are scalable platforms that are shared across all the group brands and potentially with other automakers that increases commonality, it enhances economics, and it's not entirely inconceivable that VW could become a platform company. Okay, but after taking, you know, we do need to take depreciation for the platform into account. So after, after doing so, are VW's EVs profitable in an absolute sense? 
Yes, yes, we believe they are. And it is worth laboring that point. Selling EVs is accretive to VW's earnings today, though the margin is understandably lower than an equivalent vehicle with a combustion engine, given the lower volume. Remember, today's profits are based on EV sales of around half a million units. Think about how profitability can and will inflect with EV sales likely to more than double again this year and then in 2022 and then rapidly increase from there. Here we have the combination of rapidly increasing sales against a fixed appreciation cost. And on top of that, you will get falling battery prices. And that battery cost deflation is key. Industry battery prices today are somewhere around $140 per kilowatt hour with a high margin for error. Um, but VW is targeting cost reduction of between 30 and 50% by the end of the decade. That will take battery costs significantly below the $100 a kilowatt hour threshold at which it's widely believed cost parity between EVs and combustion engine vehicles will be achieved. So crucially, by around the middle of this decade, we think VW's margins on EVs will start to exceed those on equivalent combustion engine vehicles. And remember, one of the key reasons VW can achieve this margin parity is because of the volume of vehicles it sells and its platform strategy. Other traditional automakers won't necessarily be in that same advantage scale position. Can we delve into batteries a bit further, Andy? So how important do you think it is for automakers to internalise batteries? And it's not just from a cost perspective, but also to secure supply, because as EV volumes ramp up, outside of Tesla, automakers are vying for battery capacity from the same handful of Korean and Chinese battery makers. So is there a risk that supply could actually fall short of demands? So could internal production of batteries become a structural advantage? That's a good question, and it's one that is difficult to answer with certainty, given the nascent nature of the industry. Tesla today does have greater control over its destiny relative to other automakers, and they are expanding their own cell production with manufacturing capacity in new regions. Um, VW announced only last week that they would also internalize future battery supply in partnership with their current battery suppliers. This partnership approach looks to be a sensible one, reducing the capital cost of VW whilst securing cell availability. In the meantime, as you mentioned, Alison, VW, like, all, like most automakers, has supply contracts with leading battery companies, LG Chem, Samsung SDI, Cattle, SK Innovations. Uh, previously, VW CEO Herbert Dees said that they were covered until 2025 for battery supply. So I think that makes last week's announcement interesting as post that date, internal supply is likely to dominate. Um, I think overall, I'd love to have a more definitive answer, but suffice to say, battery supply and cost will need to be monitored very closely, not just for VW, but for all automakers producing electric vehicles. I think it's also worth highlighting that last week, VW disclosed that they're building out a vast charging network in Europe, again with partners, and making a very significant push towards battery recycling to ensure minimal environmental footprint through the whole of the production value chain. To me, this appears the most complete and holistic vision that any traditional automaker, and arguably any automaker, has presented for how they will sell EVs with a low well-to-wheel environmental impact. As focus increases on life cycle emissions across all industries, rather than just the emissions produced while a product is in use, this comprehensive approach will be increasingly important and differentiated. Okay, let's get down to business, valuations. 
We've all seen the comparisons. Tesla's valuation was equal to that of the next six most valuable automakers combined, which is a pretty remarkable comparison. Yeah. Um, There's a huge difference in what the market is prepared to pay for Tesla relative to a VW or a GM or a Daimler. Mm. So can you take us through your thoughts on valuations? Well, Tesla's valuation today is around $630 billion. VW's is closer to $150 billion. And with VW likely to sell more EVs than Tesla in the next couple of years on similar economics, it's hard to see how VW doesn't represent a great opportunity at current valuation levels. Here we have a company that will benefit from a cyclical rebound in activity and pent-up demand in the auto cycle, as auto demand was already weak going into COVID. Volkswagen's also a great way to get exposure to the strong recovery we're seeing in China, given that they are the leader in what is the world's largest auto market. And the company can transition to a secular growth winner as it increasingly dominates electrification. With the, with the stock trading on just eight times forward earnings and generating free cash flow of over 10 billion a year post the investment into the electrification offensive, it's hard to imagine how VW won't be rate. No matter how we slice it, we see significant value in VW. And there are many ways to skin this particular cat. To put it another way, Porsche Cars is wholly owned by VW and is very similar to Ferrari. They both have great brands. They have similar growth and profitability profiles over time. They even have the same horse on the logo, which is the horse of the German city of Stuttgart. Where they are very different is the implied valuation. If you put Porsche's earnings on a Ferrari multiple, you could until very recently justify the bulk of the entirety of the value of the VW group, despite Porsche being only 277,000 of VW's 11 million units in 2019. So on that simplistic example, you're implicitly getting 10.7 million units or over 200 billion euros worth of auto sales for a but, very, very low price. But Andy, on that valuation comparison with Tesla, you know, Tesla is arguably more than just a car company. So, you know, one could claim that it deserved, it deserves a valuation premium, um, you know, to Volkswagen or an incumbent automaker. Yeah, that's certainly an argument that's been made. Um, the question is what you want to pay today for success in businesses which don't yet exist. Because we think today's valuation is factoring something around half a trillion dollars. What's become increasingly clear over 2020, and which I think 2021 and the years beyond will reinforce, is that whilst new entrants like Tesla have changed the debate and the landscape in the automotive industry, the traditional automakers have the technology and the ability to compete with them head on. Let's just look at a few examples. Honda is the first company globally which will launch a production vehicle with level three autonomous capability. GM and VW's battery strategies should see them as amongst the lowest cost producers globally. Tesla still leads in software, but th the traditional automakers are investing to catch up. It's also worth mentioning that there is a significant difference between the perceptions of Tesla's capabilities in autonomous vehicles and the reality of their offering. Okay, so Andy, what do you think is a realistic outlook for self-driving vehicles? Well, I've been attending automotive conferences for nearly 15 years now, and truly self-driving cars have always been about five years away. And they're probably still that far away in all but limited areas with limited use cases. 
frankly, I think developing autonomous vehicles is amongst the hardest thing humanity has ever attempted. It's hard to think of a more complex and unpredictable environment faced by the average person than sitting behind the wheel of their humble motor car on a trip to the shops. And this isn't a game of just developing the required software, but also ensuring that each vehicle has the most complete combination of software and sensor hardware to operate safely. And it's, it's not just a computing challenge, but it's a huge sensory motor and robotics challenge. And that's before we consider the significant ethical, legal and regulatory hurdles to fully autonomous vehicles being on public roads. Tesla hasn't solved these issues. No one has. But ascribing $500 billion of value to Tesla today suggests their success is already guaranteed. I think the other question that needs to be asked is what may happen to Tesla's profitability from selling cars as the company grows. For Tesla to meet its growth targets, it will have to aggressively move into the mass market as the segments in which they sell today just simply aren't big enough to meet the expected growth profile. And it's a truism in the auto industry that costs don't scale with price. It's why no automaker generates the same level of profitability on mass market vehicles as they do in the premium segment. And we don't see how those same challenges won't apply to Tesla and how that may impact the company's forward valuation. So to summarize on valuation, we see this as a classic example of unwarranted multiple dispersion. There are very highly rated new entrants whose share prices already discount levels of success in multiple businesses that it's hugely improbable they will ever achieve. Whilst the low multiple ascribed to the incumbent automakers like VW discounts almost no future for these technologically competitive, well-branded and highly cash generative businesses. Andy, we could talk all day, but we'll have to leave it there. Thank you so much for getting up early to record this episode with us. Thanks for listening to me. As the market fixates on yesterday's winner, the risk is investors miss the evolution that's happening with a handful of front-footed legacy automakers like Volkswagen. As we discussed today, a flood of competition is coming to the EV market, and over the next few years, we will see Volkswagen exert its dominance in electric vehicles. At the same time, the company's profitability will inflect as it moves through the heaviest phase of its investment cycle. Market preferences can and do change. In this backdrop, Volkswagen can transition from a low multiple cyclical business to a secular growth winner. Volkswagen is one of the largest positions in the Antipodes global portfolios. We also have other mispriced EV exposures in the portfolio, including other legacy automakers and across the supply chain, such as batteries and materials companies. For more information on Antipodes or our views, please head to our website, antipodespartners.com or follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter.